here you go. Here's some friends, like get along with them. And as long as you do, I think it's a place that you'll find a lot of joy in. At Northwestern, I loved my teammates. I vibed with a couple of people in my class really quickly. I became really good friends with two girls in the class above me. And I'm still, those are two of my best friends in my life. University of Alabama's Colorado's College of Business, it's Bama Means Business, a podcast that reveals amazing stories most people both inspire and make a difference in our community. I'm Cole Stevens on the show today, Maria Nest. Mari is a women's soccer player on the Alabama team. She's also an MBA candidate with me in the Manderson School of Business. We sat down to talk about her personal story from Northwestern, coming to Alabama, and some of the lessons she learned along her way. I hope you enjoy part one of our three-part series. You have a very unique story in coming on to Alabama, you actually came here for soccer. Is that correct? That is correct. So before we get back to your old journey here at Alabama, we want to take a step back. We are actually both from Colorado. Yeah. Did you, were you born there, lived there, everything? So I was born in Colorado, moved around a fair amount as a kid. Lived in Colorado for the first two years of my life, which I don't particularly remember, as we all probably don't remember the first couple years of our life. We moved to Iowa. My mom is a dermatologist in Iowa is where she did her residency. And then she did a one-year fellowship to specialize as a Mohs surgeon. And we lived in San Diego for that. So started kindergarten in San Diego and then came back to Colorado where my mom is now practicing. My dad is a teacher and I have been in Colorado since I was in first grade. All the way, first through 12th, then headed Colorado for college. So obviously there are a lot of different parts to Colorado. There's a lot of different demographics that are involved in it. Where were you specifically? My family loves being outside. We live in Arvada, very nice open space right across from a Frisbee golf course. It's a good area right up on North Table Mountain. It's just like good views near the mountains. Nice to be outside a lot. Most of my time and my sister as well played lacrosse and soccer growing up was just spent at fields, right? We'd go to school, go to practice. That was the extent of our lives all through elementary school, middle school. And wouldn't have traded it for anything. I loved just kicking balls around. That was social hour. That was time to compete. That was like all I ever really wanted to to spend my time doing. So a lot of youth sports nowadays has become bifurcated. You have the school sports and you have the club sports. When did you find yourself really investing time into soccer or when did you choose to really pursue soccer as like your one sport? Yeah. So all through elementary school, I was a little more into it than everybody else was. I took it a little more seriously. Hated to lose a little more than everyone else did. Everyone's uh, parents might be like, all right, you got to come down. It's just a game. If my parents tried to do that with me, it wouldn't have gone well. Like I was, if we lost, I was pissed. I was like not in a good place with it. So around fourth, fifth grade is when I moved from the local club in Arvada, where my mom was my soccer coach to Colorado Rush, which was one of the best clubs in the state at that time. I had a really good group of like incoming 11 year olds. Sounds silly to say right now in hindsight, but this team was like pretty stacked. And I would say 80, 90% of those kids who were on that team at 11 years old ended up playing D1. So like just a very well, like talented group of people. And I think when I moved to Rush was the first time that I was really surrounded by all these other people who approached soccer in the same way that I did, where they just wanted to get after it. They wanted to win. They hated to lose. The two are different. And I just love that environment. So I think that's the first time I really stepped into it and was like, oh my gosh, I like, I love this. That's just what I want to do. So I want to take a step back and talk about what you just said there. I've never heard that statement before. The 
Hating to lose. Loving to win versus hating to lose. Why you? What's the difference between the two? Everybody loves to win. It feels good to win. Nobody doesn't like to win, but I think not everyone hates to lose. And if you don't hate to lose, you're not going to do the things that winning requires all the time, right? If losing isn't as painful to you as it is to me or to some random person as it is to another, they're not going to be willing to put in the the time, the preparation, everything that's required in order to ultimately be as good as they can be. So taking that mindset into academic, Mari, in middle school, high school, what were you like as a student? Were you A++ plus plus, or are we talking like just getting by? What are we looking at for you? Do you have any guesses? I want to say C average. <laughs> no, I would say that the mindset that I had about soccer pretty much infiltrated everything that I did. My parents were very adamant that everything we did was with absolute full effort, that we would never leave anything on the table, not because we needed to beat other people or because we needed to perform well, but because that was who we were. That was the principle of the thing was that you don't do anything unless you're putting absolute full effort into it. And so I think my sister and I were fortunate in a lot of ways to have parents that encourage us to do those things. So I think I'm really fortunate to have that and to have parents who cultivated that. But I was so locked in on winning, on being the best at everything I did. And I think it's awesome in a lot of ways. But as I've gotten a lot older, it's been hard to detach myself from that a little bit and realize that my identity or who I am, my relationships, my value to other people actually isn't determined by how good I am at what I do. My parents were good at making us like making that clear to us saying who you are and how kind you are in your relationships with other people are far more important than anything you could ever do or achieve or anything along those lines. When you're a kid, you're getting praised for doing well at, at the things you're doing well at. It's hard to separate yourself from the praise of other people when you're achieving bigger things. So you did mention this before that you had an older sister that you looked up to, I'm assuming that you try to emulate after and obviously beat her in everything that you did because that's the way siblings usually interact. So now siblings usually act like one or of the other parents. Did you find yourself acting? I'm just somewhere right down the middle. I think in a lot of ways, I'm like my mom, just in terms of how I approach problems, how I seek to win, seek to achieve. Both my parents are just competitive as hell. So I don't know that I'm really more like one than the other in that sense. But I do think that in like social emotional situations, I'm a bit more like my dad. It's weird. We're all like both of our parents. And I don't know that I could really say I align more with one than the other. But I think both are also like similar in that way. They're married for a reason. They like certain things about each other that they probably find in common. And I think my sister and I both share a lot of those traits. So now we talk about high school being a launching pad into where you go into the future. And unfortunately, with the rival high schools or not really rival high schools, since we beat you in almost everything, except one sport. Right. Oh, we're not going to talk about that. One sport. Here's, here's okay, we're not going to talk about that either. Okay. But we go to high school and both high schools that we went to were more college preparatory high schools. So the idea is 99% of the students graduating are going to go on to achieve a high level education that being university, college, even master's degrees, which I know a bunch of my friends are doing right now. Did you know you're going to school in high school for college? When I say college, soccer or academics? Did you have one or the other as a focus the of where you're trying to go? Yes. Well, yes. So I, my sister and I were really fortunate to go to, we went to Colorado Academy, which is awesome. Like you mentioned, like college preparatory school. And my dad was really 
intentional that we had an education like the one that we got at CA because in his childhood, he moved around a ton. His dad was a cardio, is still practicing. He's like almost 80, is a cardiovascular surgeon, still practicing. And so he moved around a ton when he was younger. And I think felt like his education lacked in a lot of ways because of that. And so he was really purposeful and just desired that my sister and I had the same place all the way through middle school, high school, that we were in a place that was really going to help us develop important skills that would launch us off into a good place academically. Like I already mentioned, both my parents were pretty much pushing on us. Like you do the best you can in absolutely everything you do because that's how we do things because that's the best way to do it. Like, why would you not type thing? And so I think that really, that was reflected in all our time at CA. And I think before and and after CA as well. Your question was, did I know that CA was going to be my launching pad for like academics or soccer? I don't think there's really any distinguishing the two just because I say like the mindset that was behind both was the same mindset. And it was, we do the best we can at absolutely everything we do. At the beginning, when I was like freshman, sophomore in high school, which is when the recruiting process is happening, just because it used to happen. There's more rules in place now, which is a really good thing. But when I was a freshman and a sophomore in high school, I was really undersized. I was like super little, hadn't really hit puberty yet, just like tiny, skinnier than everybody, shorter than everybody. Like I was the little, I was the runt of the, all the people. So I think I had in my head for a little while that I wanted to use soccer, which I was still like a really good player on my team, on a, a team that was like really highly ranked nationally to get myself into a school that I might otherwise not have gotten into. And I don't know what that really means, like school that I otherwise would not have gotten into. It's hard to say what that is exactly. But as I went through high school and was playing the way I was and had the confidence in my soccer ability that I had, I started to realize I don't want to sacrifice the quality of soccer that I'm playing in college or the academics of a place. Let's find somewhere that is killing it in both. And so that ultimately led me to commit to play soccer and go to school at Northwestern after my sophomore year. So it was the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school. And Northwestern had just won the Big Ten championship. They were killing it. They play in the Big Ten, awesome Power Five conference, and obviously like just a ridiculous school, powerhouse research, awesome place, right on the water of Michigan. There are so many amazing, exciting things about it. And the interesting thing was that my top three when I was in high school were everywhere. So University of Tennessee, but lacks the academic piece or at least academic prestige that Northwestern has and the University of Pennsylvania. So there we go. Ivy, the spot at Wharton, pretty crazy, but the Ivy League in women's soccer isn't quite the same quality as you'll find in other Power Five conferences. And so Northwestern really felt like I had hit the jackpot. And I think in so many ways I did absolutely love my time there. But yeah, that's how I chose that place. It was, do I want to get into a school that I couldn't otherwise get into, or it was, it would be a crapshoot to get into, have less certainty about it. Or do I want to play soccer at a really high level? And the answer was like, both. I think you touched on something very important there that nowadays, a lot of the academics going into college are so weird. You don't know what people are looking for. You don't know where you're going to fit in. And totally. I knew a bunch of my friends who went into school. 2019 was our freshman year. And then 2020 hit everyone all of a sudden started jumping ship to different schools because they didn't feel like they fed in. And also virtual classes are not the same as being on campus. What was that like for you since you also started school in 2019? 
going through a very big transition sticking with Northwestern for those three years. There really wasn't any doubt for me after the first year I got there that it was a place that I wanted to be. I felt like I meshed with the team really well. I was lucky just as an athlete in general. I think we're really fortunate that you can come into a new environment and already be within this team structure. You already have the opportunity to meet so many people and you're surrounded by kind of the same people every single day for a significant part of your day. Here you go. Here's some friends. Like get along with them. And as long as you do, I think it's a place that you'll find a lot of joy in. At Northwestern, I loved my teammates. I vibed with a couple of people in my class really quickly. I became really good friends with two girls in the class above me. And I'm still, those are two of my best friends in my life. It, there wasn't really any doubt that I, Northwestern was a place that I wanted to be. The fun part too about Northwestern is that they're on the quarter system. So it's fun in the fall. It's not that fun in the spring when you're still in classes and everyone else is home for the summer or off doing fun things. But we don't start classes or didn't start classes at Northwestern until the end of September. But our preseason, the NCAA Division I all soccer season starts at the same time for all NCAA Division I school. Right. And we started season last week. Start First couple of games are in the first or second week of August, which meant that our season at Northwestern was basically halfway through by the time classes started. So a lot of your travel, you're not missing classes. And all you're really doing is like playing soccer and have a lot of downtime with your teammates. So it's a really fun place to come into, not have school for a long time, get to know the athletic community super well. And then once you finally do start classes, you already have the soccer thing under your belt. So soccer was that main, you get on campus, you get really established inside of a team environment, which I think is amazing. I've always loved playing sports just for the teams, not necessarily the sport itself. And just the bonding opportunities that are there. But you have a very interesting academic track inside of Northwestern, which when we first met, I was like, how, what did she do this for? What was the reasoning behind it? Can you explain what you chose to pursue and what that came about. Yeah, I'm trying to get back in my high school headspace when I was like, this seems like a good idea. And I think it it ultimately really was. But on my Northwestern application, I didn't really know what I wanted to study. I didn't know what I wanted to major in. And so I put math as my intended track. I was like, you want to do something that's going to keep doors open, set yourself up, but also narrow narrow the focus a little bit or do something that kind of not necessarily everyone is attracted to or not everyone does because I think that's and I would still say that's something that's so valuable post-grad like what makes you different from other people why should some company hire you over some other kid what do you have about you that stands out what makes you special so that was something that like I was considering as I decided what I wanted to study and math was also just something that I really took to I enjoyed it I was good at it it made sense to me and so I figured all right like I'm not locked down to this might as well see what happens and so a couple weeks before classes started or maybe months the timeline's confusing I want to say a couple months before classes started it was after I'd been accepted to Northwestern and I got this email on my Northwestern email which was so exciting like you finally get your college email credentials and you're like just go on the college like that was so exciting I was in my Northwestern email and I got this message from some program called the mathematical methods in the social sciences and the goal of the program was essentially to bridge mathematical methods or different types of modeling with social science problems. So students in the track paired this MMSS, mathematical methods in the social sciences major with some other major, usually in the social sciences. You could do history, you could do sociology, psychology. A lot of people chose economics since that's already a pretty math heavy social science. But the goal was to be applying concepts that we learned in the math classes that we took, which included 
like a ca- calculus-based microeconomics. It's called turbo microeconomics. It was the first economics class I'd ever taken. Really, re- like just, it was fast. It was real. I'm trying to think of what other classes we took a lot. Linear algebra and multivariable was, I think, freshman year. We took game theory, a lot more economics, econometrics, more math that I don't remember what the classes are even called. So just pretty math heavy curriculum. And then that was paired with all the normal classes that you would take to satisfy whatever your other major was. And so I actually didn't decide that my other major, which is psychology, until the end of my sophomore year. Okay. And why did I choose psychology? Do you want to know? I sat down with my academic advisor. We have athletic academic advisors and she was just looking at long-term, what did I need to register for? What classes did I still have ahead of me? I hadn't decided my second major yet. And she was like, all right, credit-wise, came in with a fair amount of AP credit from high school, which like, so glad I did because it just worked out for me in a way that I could have never predicted or imagined or created myself if I had tried to. I came in basically as like a freshman two quarters ahead. And so being on quarters, it's more like trimesters where you take four credits in the fall, winter, and spring. So you basically 12 every year. To graduate from the school of Weinberg, which is the College of Arts and Sciences, you needed 45 credits to graduate. And so you think, all right, if you take 12 every year, then you could drop a class three times and end up with 45, which is what you need to graduate. So I never dropped a class, which kind of like puts you three credits ahead if you just assume that you're not right, not dropping a class, you're going to end up with 48. And I came in with eight. So there I needed 40. All I had to do in order to graduate in three years was take an extra credit for one quarter. And it was just like, I like, how did that work out? How did, I don't know. I couldn't have planned it better if I tried. But my academic advisor is the one who pointed this out to me and said, you could actually graduate early and you could start a master's program here. I like soccer was going awesome for me at the time at Northwestern. And so it wasn't really, oh, you should transfer because like, you don't want to be here. Like, I loved it. I absolutely don't want to be there. But it ended up working out that I graduated after three years and That's why I chose psychology was because when I sat down with her, she said, you have two options that still allow you to graduate in two years. And those are economics and psychology. And I said, eight psychology classes sound a whole lot more interesting than five economics classes, which is what the choice was between. And I just was always fascinated by psychology. I think it's really fun to think about what drives us, what makes us tick the way we do, what drives certain behaviors. And so I loved all my psychology classes at Northwestern. Their psych department is just awesome and that's also how it worked out that I was able to wrap up in three years it was like Eileen O'Rourke just was like here you go and I was like no way and then I kept that as an option I knew that I could graduate in three years and always considered staying and then hit some obstacles my junior year soccer wise and just jumped into things that like I had it in my freshman and sophomore year and realized that I wanted to be playing somewhere else and so the three years degree in three years really helped me out just because I think so many people stay at Northwestern when they might not otherwise, because that degree is so valuable. And I was able to get out, save myself my fourth year of eligibility, and then also had this COVID fifth year. And so that gave me two years of investment at another school that like I could figure things out. That's Marian Nest, women's soccer player and NBA candidate. And thanks so much for listening to the show today. Grab a subscriber, do subscribe to our podcast wherever you get yours. And of course, check out our website at callbrowse.ua.edu for more about the Callbrowse College of Business and what it has to offer. And as always, roll tide. <laughs>